Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. This is your New York Times best-selling co-host, Brett Irvin. Man, just seeing Brett turn those gears, thinking of something every time is very fun for me. This is your co-host, Daniel Phillips. <laughs> We're a book club podcast, and we cover books and things. My brain's a little messed up right now. We're, we we do books. Parker's a little sleepy. Brett's a little tired. Um, He's a tired We're lad. fine. We're good. We're, what's the book of the month? Lightning Thief, Percy Jackson, and or all of them. <laughs> and or all of the Percy Jacksons. PJ and the O's, am I right? PJ and PJ the O's. PJ and the O's. So I hope you all have read because that's next week. Send in thoughts to us. We have, we've already gotten a lot of thoughts. I'm very excited. We're going to have plenty of uh, listener discussion to base our conversation around, um, which is great. For sure. Do you do we want to get into short stories and catch uh, up? Let's get right into it. I have a story for you guys. Tell me. Hit, um, me. hit us well, with it. I guess don't to start off, this week has just been really busy. I don't know why. I've just like, I felt stressed with work this week. And so I didn't, all that to say, I didn't do a whole lot of reading this week at all. I barely read anything. Um, oh, good. It's all good. Foreshadowing. I have no quote of the week. Didn't bring one. I didn't forget. Uh. I just didn't do it. So that's, <sighs> you know. It's Our different. loving listeners supported us again. We've got backup. So sorry. Uh, but no, I just felt like really busy this week. Don't know why. But anyway, um, one thing I've been doing recently is getting uh, physical library books. Libraries right next to my house. I've enjoyed just like going in there, putting stuff on hold, picking them out. Um, last week when I went to the beach, I finished The Hike by Drew McGarry, which I talked about uh, last episode. And I went to go return the book to the library and when they, you know, check it back in, they flip through the pages to make sure you don't have like a bookmark or anything in there. And I use... Uh-oh. You found your underwear. <laughs> I used <laughs> um, I used Pokemon cards for bookmarks sometimes. And I found, walking Aubrey a while back, I found like an Eevee Pokemon card. And I was like, oh, cool, a Pokemon card. And I, it was next to me when I was reading the book, so I used it as a bookmark. And the librarian, older lady... She flipped through and she went, oh, just like that. Just that condescending <laughs> oh, little laugh. And she, oh, and she <laughs> picked up the card by the corner and held it like this. Yeah. Like you would have thought she found a bag of cocaine in this book. And she did her dumb <laughs> little laugh little and secret. she said, and I quote, I found your little card. And I said, <laughs> Oh, thank you. And I you went said, to grab not, it. You said, that's not mine. I don't know how that got in there. That's, I was, <laughs> I was I, borrowing it for a friend. And I went, and this is the weird part. I don't know what this was. I went to grab it. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, thanks. And I went to grab it. And she said, Too slow. still holding it up to her like ear and her in between her fingers, pinching the corner. And yeah. she said, oh, watch out. Just watch out? Like, Just watch, watch out. out. No, like no other words were said. She said, oh. Watch out. And I took the card and said thanks and left. But I feel like she had an inappropriate reaction to finding a Pokemon card in a book. And I've been thinking about it all week. You need to go back in and confront her. You need to go back in and next time have like 15 cards in the book to try to return. <laughs> oh, how about those get in there? <laughs> bring, bring like a holographic Charizard and say, yeah, what now? <laughs> I wonder what what would be the worst card for her to have found. Uh, Dunsparce. Mm, 
Or I guess the worst, if you don't know Pokemon, would be like a, like a furry, like Lopunny. Yeah. Like that because it looks thinking. like a, yeah, it, just like a bipedal human looking bunny with like huge thighs. That yeah. would be bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to see that reaction. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can go. I can go. You can probably tell that you're super high energy right now. By by my incredible amount, by my I, I'm bouncing off the walls with energy, and my really sexy sick voice, like the, the gravel. Do I do I have a good sick voice? Is the gravel there? I think you think it is. You just sound really tired. Yeah. Oh, I don't have like a cool <laughs> gravel. I I think I did earlier, but my I'm I'm am less congested now than I was. I was very congested. Yeah. And now I can't. I can breathe in both nostrils which is pretty cool sometimes well, sometimes they're loaded with unmentionables <laughs> yeah i don't know i've been sick i've had a sinus infection my immune system's tissue thin like you could look at me the wrong way and i'd come down with a cold of sorts don't so, go to the library yeah um yeah library <laughs> librarians looking at you all sorts of ways no i don't know i just i don't i don't have much a new park opened, local park in Greenville. It's pretty cool. There's a nice mound there that kids are running up and down. Um, Go check and it out. It made me want to run up and down a mound of grass. When was the last time you've done that, listeners? Go look, go run up and down a mound. That's your grass. yeah. That's your homework for the week. Report back. Yeah, and I'm still and this 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 should tell you how sick I was. I didn't finish book five of Percy Jackson. I'm like sixty oh, percent of the way through. But I, I didn't read much at all since the last time we've talked. And that it, I'm kind of bummed because every single week I've that we've had a new episode, I've been able to come to the recording and be like, I finished another one. I finished another one. I finished yeah. another one. Man, get this guy to a hospital. He didn't finish his Percy Jackson this week. <laughs> I know. Is broken. He must be really sick. I know. Thank you. Someone's taking it seriously. No, that's it for me, though. Brett, tell me about you. How's how's health? How's that? What's that like? Um, I don't know. I've feel like i have a bit of a scratchy throat so we'll uh, see are you kidding how are you kidding me moving forward did now. i get did i pass it to you no i mean i was around you so it's not your i'm gonna fault. feel so bad brett i swear to god if you tell me that you caught this thing because it's it's it lingers you know i i feel okay right now i don't think it i think it's just like bad allergies because i get terrible yeah. allergies um you guys need to drink more water I Daniel, I drink so much. I dr- I just I have a bad immune system. Fix I've been it. Chug an emergency. All right. I you know what's sad is I literally did Google it, Dan. I googled like how to how to how to better uh, how to how to make your immune system good. How, how to make it do good. What'd you find? Well, it it was like it was like sleep and don't drink a lot and you know stuff. I typically try to I try to live my life by you know so like. It was just a quote from WebMD that said, LOL. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it really it really did say like, hey, some people just, you know, aren't, just aren't with it. it. They just don't got it. They're not smooth with it. So yeah. that is me. You have been sick about 20 times since the last time I was sick. Oh, my God. Don't tell me that. Well, you're you're like your weird immune system and like whole your whole deal you're just like invulnerable and it's because the virus has to travel so much farther through your body <laughs> it's true ours. you're so tall it's like oh man i can't get up there that guy's tall yeah. viruses there's, have, enough- there's just too it's just too much work 
they it, they get into your body and they're like, I can't spread all across this whole thing. <laughs> it gives up the endurance for that. Yeah. Brett, what you got, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing good. I did similar stuff. I went to the Unity Park, uh, hung out with, shout out to our friend Carson. Yeah, solid weekend. Um, going into a busy week, but yeah, uh, excited for uh, Percy Jackson and Me too. Um, the book for next month, which we'll talk about next week. But yeah, um, yeah. just... Not, not a whole lot going on. It just felt like a wash of a week. I don't know. It was just one of those weeks. It was for me because I slept 14 hours in one day of the week. And that, that so, the, sorry, sidebar, side note. I did take day, NyQuil during the day. Um, Today? On, no, 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 on okay. Wednesday. Was it when I was at my It was at my peak sick. No, 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 it was... It was that, this is how sick I was. I was like, I need to take NyQuil just to, just to like, I don't want to be awake during my peak sick and i entered that like weird oblivion state of consciousness where like you're just like napping on and off up and down you don't really know like time's just passing yeah and you, you also wake don't up and you're like, is it morning and it's 6 p.m right and you're just yeah that happened and then but like i i, I don't know if nyquil sits well in my body because that like it carried over into the next day too it was it was just a this whole week just flush it down the toilet <laughs> God. Okay, well, let's move on. So I know before Parker puts us to sleep. Is my voice like... With his gravelly voice. His gravelly, sexy voice. Oh, no. <laughs> quote of the week, baby. What do we got? Who are these from? Um, we, got, we got a quote from our boy Zach and a quote from Maddie. So the first quote is, Life is short. And pain is long, and we were all put on this earth to help each other out. And I just think that's so nice. And that's from Firestarter, uh, Stephen King. Which I learned when Maddie put it on her Goodreads that she was reading this book, that the movie Firestarter is not an original idea. It's based off of a book by Stephen oh, King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's one of his, like, core. It's, like, uh, one of his original no idea. His original books. But anyways. Um, apparently the movie's bad, so they <laughs> they released a new movie, and so apparently that's they got like a fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Oh, heck yeah. Um, anyways, so we got a quote from Zach that life is not a matter of holding good cards, but sometimes playing a poor hand well, and that's Jack London to build a fire. I love any quote like this because it makes me think of like a gunslinger, and I wish I were a gunslinger, <laughs> like an old western. Just suave gunslinger. You could just say lay him down and then like have yeah. your pistol under the table in case yeah. anyone draws on you. Yeah. I, I, yeah, same. <laughs> Parker's, okay, Parker's Parker, well, I want you to tell me what quote you want for the week. Me? Yeah. What do you want? Which one, which one really speaks to you right now? Is it the pain is long because you're really going? Yeah, through it? I think it is, and I don't want to like. I feel bad because I mean Zach has sent us. He's sent us a bunch of quotes, so I only pulled one. I mean we got a we got a bank from Zach. He's he's really carrying. Yeah, shout out to Zach. Um, quote yeah. of the week on his back right now. So like, Zach, you're the man. But also, you're about to go zero for two. I think. But you're about to go zero for two. <laughs> um, better luck next time. Uh, I feel like the first, the Stephen King Firestarter one describes. 
describes Parker's week. <laughs> yeah, you know, it takes a village to help me through my sicknesses because I'm a big baby. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would vote for Firestarter, even though they're both incredible. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for the quotes. Yeah. Thank you, Maddie and Zach. God, I love I love listeners and I love when they send in quotes. That's so nice. It's yes, just so this nice. This is amazing. You guys rule. For sure. Uh, Brett's actually going to take take reins over the episode today. A good old Brett special, Brett information special for us. So I'm just going to let him go, I think. This is a takeover. Another one of those classic ones that uh, you can hit skip on real quick. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> just a kidding. Brett episode is my favorite episode. Um, bringing you a quick, uh, and we talked about uh, reviews recently. So it kind of spurred me onto the idea of where do our reviews come from? And specifically, you see the title and term New York Times bestseller everywhere. That's the one, right? That's on the back of all the books. It's the one. It's the big one. So I was kind of like, where does that come from? I mean, obviously, New York Times, but what is what is the origin of it? Like, how does that happen? How do you get on there? Yeah. Also, what, what's there, the are there cat? I'm 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 actually I'm genuinely curious. I'm so glad that you, like this is gonna be fun for me because you did all this research and I just get to be taught at the same time as our listeners. Of course. But I like I know there's like there's like categories, right? Because I I don't know. I'm, I'm there's just, a bunch of categories. I feel like I'm sitting, I am sitting crisscross applesauce right now, but I feel like I'm a kid sitting crisscross applesauce <laughs> waiting to be taught. Yeah, they, um, they, the New York Times specifically separates books uh, by format, age group, and genre. So there's like a million lists, which there are. So what you're saying is like being a New York Times bestseller is like not even that hard. It's not even that difficult. It's honestly. like not even tough. Like there's so many, there's so many lists. They just it's give like, that shit to anybody. Yeah, get on a list that is actually hard to like, where you can sell more than like ten books and be on it. Am I right, guys? Yeah, dude. Got um, it. But yeah, so just kind of gonna explore New York Times bestseller list. Just you know, discover some controversy, and <gasps> um, just. See when next time you look at it, maybe you'll recognize something that we've talked about. So I just thought uh, we could dive cool. in a little bit. I love controversy. I mean, I don't, but I, I like say, I like the suspense. Don't. No, I really don't, but I like suspense. There's I actually like being on the some edge of my seat. Pretty wild stories, um, and I'm going to talk. This about is going to be like our later. first like serial style um, episode. I can guarantee right now it's not going to be. It's an ex- <laughs> it's an expo. Brett's uh, is that the right word? What is it? Expose. The expose. <laughs> That's it. It's an expo. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Brett, guess get get into these juicy okay. details. So we've talked about reviews recently. I didn't know a ton about the New York Times bestseller list, other than it was the list, as we just mentioned. Um, I also didn't know some of the other major lists. Um, obviously, there's a comparison with you know in our day and age that. You know, Goodreads has kind of almost taken over a little bit um, as far as like their rating system goes. It's kind of a go to place for that. But there's a couple other major lists like the USA Today. Um, Amazon does a list. And one of the other big ones is Publishers Weekly, which is kind of considered uh, they do more of an industry standard list as opposed to New York Times, which is a little bit more uh, shrouded in secret. Oh, secrecy. So Publisher Weekly is like, you don't even know how you get that award. You just got it. 
No, the Publisher Weekly one is the one where you do. They they they're oh. like the New York Times is like a lot of people. There's a lot of controversy over how. Oh, gotcha, how they gotcha, put together gotcha. Their list. gotcha. Okay, so 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 Pub Weekly is like that's the that's the the. They, they, it's they're very they're the Boy Scouts. They're the yeah, ones they're that kind play of, by the book, right? They use like an industry standard um, software called BookScan to determine their list, and it's it's pretty transparent. Um, mm. All it's like all algorithms and numbers and yeah. statistics. And the USA Today is just over there, like, yeah, here's the top 150 titles, no format, no genre, just here's the top. <laughs> oh my 150 god, books. USA Today, get wrecked. You suck. Yeah. Bookends with friends, not a fan of USA Today. <laughs> Amazon does a list, but we're not going to give them any uh, publicity, so we're moving on. Yeah, not uh, until Jeff pays me. <laughs> I love this. Like Parker's, like the guy in uh, the, the, I'm just your the two man. Muppets gonna, that are talking from like yeah, the, I'm just the peanut gallery. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be gassing you up this whole time while you're while you're talking. Um, so the first New York Times bestseller list came out on October twelfth. Uh, 1931 and the original list was actually just for new york city and it slowly moved across the country going from city to city basically they just did city lists at first um until 1942 they did the first national list and kind of how it works um real quickly is um, because they've actually been sued before and so they had to Kind of publish at least a little bit um, of of how they do it. So according to the New York Times themselves, the bestseller list is based on a detailed, quote unquote, a detailed analysis of book sales from a wide range of retailers um, with confidential context um, from a like specific group of uh, vendors. Okay, so like it's like Amazon and Barnes and Noble are going to report how much inventory goes out for this book. Is kind of what yes, you're saying. Yes, kind of. But they don't they don't show the stats that are actually given. Right. It's not. There's no clear, definitive explanation for how they oh, do it. Oh, someone's and someone's greasing palms here. Someone's cheating the system. Is one of the major controversies with the list and criticisms of it is that it's pretty easy to buy your way onto it. There's a couple there's a couple ways that they try and stop that. But pretty much the author of the original uh, of the Exorcist book had sued the New York Times claiming intentional falsehood because he said that they uh, didn't put him on the list even though he had the sales to do it, which for them the sales, it's estimated that you have to sell at least 5,000 copies of a book within the first week or within a week to be put on the list. Okay. And it has to be, according to them, fast and diverse sales, which basically means it has to be diverse in both geographical location and vendor. Um, huh. So that's why with it's one of the biggest issues with it from authors is that Amazon being the biggest re- one of the biggest retailers and most book sales flow through Amazon. You can't just count sales from Amazon. Um, it kind of spreads it out, which in one sense could be seen as good because it doesn't allow Amazon to dominate the bestseller market. Right. Um, but it's, it's one of the ways that they diversify, but basically in this lawsuit, they officially had to declare 
that they kind of got boxed into a corner. So they had officially had to declare that their list is editorial content, which would protect it under the constitution as freedom of speech, as opposed to like statistical and factual content. So nice loopholes at the end of the day, it's technically, they basically just say it's our opinion of like what the best sellers are. And it's not actually mathematically factual. That's, the, the issues of that for me, you know, there's not one guy reviewing these, I assume, or, or opinionating. No, what... it's 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 David New York Times. And <laughs> right. He's, yes. he's reviewing all the books, Dan. Right. And so it's like you could just get unlucky, you know, if your book meets the threshold. But one of the reviewers or people that monitored this, the moderators of this just didn't enjoy it or didn't think it was worthy. It, he could just axe it. Well, technically, in a sense, yes. Basically, it's very much a prestige subjective system. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to meet some of their requirements. According hey, to Brett. Some... I'm sorry. Yes. I'm raising my hand, but like verbally because okay. we're an audio medium. So I'm just going to scream, hey, Brett. Okay. Um, did, did you find anything about how to become a an an editor auditor someone who reads books for the new york times no i think they keep that pretty secretive i mean i assume it's like an editorial team for so you could probably get a job doing it but they probably keep it pretty secret like so they don't just like hand that out to podcasts i would like i would highly doubt that (laughs) small listenership small but loyal listenership very loyal you realize they probably can't because if that was public knowledge, authors could write books pandering to that yeah. criteria. That's true. Uh, pandering to us? That sounds great. Just shouting out our <laughs> podcast over and over. I'm sorry. I derailed us. Go on. No, I mean. Go off, King. You basically have to have, not you have to, but it, it helps to have connections within the industry and also be with a large publishing house. Yeah. It's all big money. Right, because a lot Ugh. of times pre-orders count. Makes me count. sick, am I right, guys? Yeah, pre-orders count really heavily. Yeah. And so you have to, you know, it helps to have a big publisher to, you know, help you get those pre-orders and do marketing. Um, so it kind of tends to be a prestige, um, subject, subjective issue. But obviously you can get onto the list. Speaking of the list and why it is considered the list... Prestige being a huge factor, having the title of New York Times bestseller, you can put that on your book, any of your books forever and ever. And that is, I kind of want to ask you guys, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but is that a huge thing? Like when you see a book that says New York Times bestseller, does it automatically pique your interest? I mean, it doesn't hurt, you know, but for me, I feel like I see it on so many that like exactly it, it's, it's almost one of those things that you, well yeah you know it's it's like okay cool like there's some there's some sort of credibility there right but there's just a lot but what i will say is if i ever got a new york times bestseller i'd be putting that on everything like oh, like yeah. you just said is, like yeah. you could put it on your like all your books for the rest of the time i get it tattooed on my chest yeah it'd be on my exactly tattooed on my chest put it on my car put it on like you know my dog uh, like every, everything i'd have that I'd, I'd just i'd be screaming it like right so i get i get it is what yeah, i'm saying I mean, yeah that's why it's so, so, so for me i it's kind of what you said earlier like most of my 
interest in new books that I haven't heard of before comes from Goodreads. It's it's me scrolling through Goodreads and saying like, Brett started reading this book and I read the description and sounds good. I pick it up somewhere down the line. Um, and so I don't think New York Times has ever been like a pull for me. Um, I guess kind of separate. Right. Separate argument is one thing that is a pull for me are, are like Pulitzer Prize winners. Like those are oh. like the fiction Pulitzer mm. Prize winner yes. every year I'm interested in. Um, which is kind of funny because I've read two of those and <laughs> I didn't really like either of them. Oh, so no. maybe I should stop reading those. But, right. but ne- you know, join that, us next week for a deep dive on Pulitzer Prize winning. Right. But that is a list that I'm more interested in. But, you know, there's there's a lot of year, but for the category of fiction, you know, there's they pick one book and not right. these. Whereas for the New York Times, like I could look to my left at my bookshelf right now and probably find like eight out of the 10 books that I can see that have right on there. And I've never even noticed it before. Yeah. And let's also, let's also talk about like, I I think we're in a, we're in a new age of like, um, because of the accessibility and like of word of mouth, like marketing. Uh, And as we all know, that's the the best type of marketing. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I feel like with like TikTok and Goodreads and just social media in general, like that, I feel like is kind of taken over a more, it's a more intimate way to get recommendations, yep. not just for books, but for books, like in our case, for sure. Um, and then especially from like your friends. And I feel like that to me will always have more sway than any sort of, um, yeah. y- you know, like New York Times list, Um, prestige, whatever. But what I do think is cool too, is when you like, if you like a book a lot and then you see like, um, sometimes books will just like randomly gain traction, even if it's not like when they're initially released and then they get on the New York Times. I I like seeing that kind of like groundswell movement, um, that happened recently with a couple books specifically because of book talk, like the, the TikTok community, you know, just kind of being an echo chamber for favorite books. And then you randomly will have authors who get back on the New York Times bestselling list, which I think is pretty cool. Like yeah. an absolutely remarkable thing. Yeah, exactly. It happened with Hank. Good old Hank Green. Our first book. I, you know, maybe maybe we started that groundswell. I don't think, think so, but maybe. <laughs> Probably not. Brett, I don't know if you found this in your, your research. I assume this is a thing. If you... and. This might have been what you just said. If you win our New York Times, you know, book for your first book, your debut novel mm-hmm. gets on the New York Times list. For every other clunker that you write, you could just yep. slap by the New York Times bestselling yeah, author. Hundred percent, and you and you earned it. Yeah, you get a you can lob up bricks left and right, but if you get that award once, I yeah. do it. You Even if it's me? just one week, you can you can put that on because it's week by week. And it's five thousand. I did not know that. I thought it was like in a week. You get it, and then you're. It's like that is on the New York Times list forever. So yeah, cause yeah. it could be like taken off and. Yeah, because yeah, like yeah. they'll they'll be like the bestsellers, and like the there there is something cool that people will do for like how many weeks in a row they can yeah, keep like the trends. bestseller status. Got it. Um, because like some books will, if they can like maintain popular like popularity and notoriety, and be like, uh, like continually like echo chambered and like like people you know hyping it up yeah um like gassing it up to their friends and everything then it'll you know it'll be like five weeks in a row bestseller on new york Times like that and so it's just kind of like another way to like right uh, and then you know add some legitimacy there's also a difference between new york times bestseller 
and number one New York Times bestseller. So if you hit number one on the Ooh. list, it's even you can put that on your okay. like add that to the title as well. Got it. Dang. Um, and before you know, this is back when there was less of the internet, but. Back in 2004, an economics professor named Alan Sorensen did a study to kind of determine how the list helped sales, because, I mean, obviously that's a big thing outside of prestige. But his research determined that um, being on the list tended to increase debut author sales by 57%, and on Sheesh. average, it increased sales by 13 to 14%, which I'm sure that's changed a lot since then, obviously, because of goodreads and like you said word of mouth and social media but at the time it was a huge boon for 57 percent is massive although i feel like debut that's like a that you that's a hard thing to do you you have to write a killer book or have a great publishing team um or honestly just a really good cover because let's be honest i judge books by their covers and <laughs> right if you got if you got a good cover sometimes i i swear that's the reason why you're getting on that list no, that I hundred percent agree. So does New York does New York Times like are they gonna lie in my pocket if I get that? Like, do you get any award outside? I mean, not that you need it because I feel like the notoriety alone is baller. Um, but do you get any like? Is there like a payout for like? Oh, you're on the New York Times bestseller list. Here's five bucks. No, I don't think I don't think they pay you. It's just and a warm uh, hug. It's like a like a university releasing. Like Harvard yeah, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Gotcha, like, gotcha. It's more. Of, it's not. It's, it's mainly not like a Nobel Peace Prize. And I'm. Someone can do a, a counter on how many times I've said Prestige this episode. You know, it's a good movie, The Prestige. Ah, it's, it's a great, great movie. movie. Um, so we mentioned it earlier, but buying your way onto the list. Uh, that is a huge criticism that the the New York Times gets all the time. Is that it's pretty easy and people have done it um it's pretty easy to fake your way on or buy your way onto the list so that's why their their methodology is kind of secret but that's where the diverse sales comes in is that you can't just bulk order 5000 books on Amazon to get your name on the list you kind of you kind of have to prove that you can sell across the country in different places right. but obviously large publishing houses can through third parties buy from 10 different cities across the country from 10 different vendors and still get on the list. So sure. Sure. Um, mm. That's kind of one of the major things that, you know, it's pretty easy to game, game the system, but they do have a way to, they do investigate these and they have a way to kind of basically asterisk books that they believe have gamed the system or gotten onto the list in a fraudulent way. Um, and I don't know if you've ever looked at the New York Times bestseller list week by week, but sometimes there's a little dagger symbol next to a title. Ah. And it, I guess cross. And it means they killed it's the It's called author. a dagger symbol. Um, no, that's basically the New York Times saying, hey, we don't trust how this book got on this list. Whoa. We can't what a prove. <laughs> what a petty way to do things. Right. Yeah, exactly. They can't prove it. Why would they do it that way? Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, imagine getting side-eyed by New York Times like that. Like uh, that uh, right? Like that's yeah. it's just what it, a good what a good goof. What a good way to be like, "Hey, like 
like yeah i get i guess you're on the list but like but it, it feels very really? mean girls right it feels very yeah, regina exactly. george like yeah. we wear pink on Wednesdays. i almost think like, that those books would sell more <laughs> Well, I also, who nobody knows what that means. Like, <laughs> like, what did they do? Who did they piss off, really? That's what it is. Someone got mad or someone read the book and was like, I don't like this book, but it sold well. So I, here's a dagger. Yeah, exactly. Which also, that's so menacing. It I is. feel like it's like New York Times. Why are you threatening me with violence? Because you think my my <laughs> systems of marketing are sketch. Right. And, you know, and to be fair, I was going to ask at the top of the episode, how are we going to game the system to write a book and get it to be a New York Times bestseller? Oh, we, but now, now, if I, now if I know that they're going to, like, hit me up with daggers. So funny story, um, and we could probably copy this in, like, today's era. So I have two stories of books that game the system. Um, basically, I mean, the only way we – the way we could do it is just, you know – by rallying our listeners or people that we know and buying 5,000 copies of a book we write um, or don't write, which we'll get to in a second, um, across the country and we could get on the list. But there's there's been two pretty famous incidents of, and probably even more, um, like non-existent books making it on the list. I'm hooked. I'm on the edge of my seat. Tell me more. So, yeah, so there's this radio DJ in the 1950s. I believe his name was Gene Shepard based on the research I found, but basically he had a radio show and he wanted to get on the list for fun. This one is a little bit more like playful. Like he just wanted to get on the list yeah. to show. Cause he thought he was, he's not from New York and he said, Oh, New York is just a city of lists. And so he just kind of wanted to do it just to see if he could do it. So he talked his fan base, his radio listenership into calling and going to their local bookstores and just demanding this book. <laughs> oh, Gene Shepard, yeah. my guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is my kind of prank. Right. I forget the name of it, but he he basically had uh, had everybody like demand this book and just keep calling, keep calling. Um, and it basically got back to the New York Times and it's kind of disputed whether it actually made it onto the list, but there's people that claim that it did. But he got this fake book onto the list. That rapscallion. And just to like prove his point. And then a few weeks later, they found out that it was all a hoax. But then, I guess out of spite or just to, just to prove the New York Times wrong, his friend, who is an author, actually wrote the book that he had made <laughs> up. That's so, so it was funny. The New York Times bestseller list actually. So does it have inspired... a dagger? Does it not? Who's to say? Yeah, exactly. But one of the more recent ones from 2017, um, which is definitely more like not playful. It's actually kind of shady. There is a YA book called um, Handbook for Mortals. And it was written by an author named Lainey Sarum, if I'm saying that. I mean, I don't know if I care whether I'm saying that correctly because apparently she's not They're They're not a great person, but um <laughs> Let's just go with that pronunciation. Yeah, drag them, Brett. Get them. <laughs> Tell me what they did. Um, so basically, there's this website called Geek Nation that just out of nowhere decided it wanted to be a publisher. So it had this so-called book from this Laney character. And they basically it made it onto the list. It made it onto the New York Times bestseller list in like August of 2017. But then all these authors and critics came out of nowhere and were like, hey, what is going on? This no-name publisher 
who is like not a publisher a week ago has a bestseller book and no one has a copy of this book. And so they investigated it and they found out that it had gotten onto the list because some mysterious buyers had been calling across the country and putting in huge bulk orders for the book, but only after confirming that the vendor that they were buying from reported to the New York Times their sales. So basically they put in these huge orders just to bump up the numbers just to get on the list. But for specific vendors that report. Yeah. Exactly. But like what so in this case, what's even the point? What are they getting out of it? Was was it there was there a real book? No. So that's what so oh, the, so it's just for the the publicists themselves, the Geek Nation folks. Well, it, it I think it was the 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 author was interviewed later. So basically, they none of these stores had stock of this book. Like no one could find it. Um, so the New York Times pulled it off of the list, obviously. And the author, instead of like backing down and be like, "Oh, sorry about it," which apparently the author was just trying to increase publicity so they could sell like a movie deal. Based on this so-called book that no one had any <laughs> copies they, of, did they did they write it? Was it was there a book? No, I don't think so. And everything that I found said that no, there was not a oh book. Oh my god! Um, there's no evidence that ever existed. But instead of backing down and saying like sorry about that, they doubled down and were like they tried to shame, like the New York Times and the author other authors were calling them out because they weren't supporting new artists, and it was like. The, which I obviously, you know, support independent authors like, yes, do that. But like not this mysterious buyer was just sending money to the publishers. Or no, to the... they they were just putting in orders. Got you, it. You can put so in like no, nothing was being books. bought because there was no product. Right. Right. Exactly. No one okay. had any stock of this book. Got it. So they were putting yeah. in like pre-orders basically. Yeah, and then, because, then yeah, pre-orders the count. Vendor, Okay. It. Make... it seems like a really long con for right. no actual award. Like, it like seems like they wanted to doing be fun. anything. Which there's, uh, I saw, I was looking at uh, uh, an article about it, and apparently the person who, the author, was a former manager for the uh, the band Blues Traveler. I don't know if you know Blues Traveler. No. But basically, they tweeted after all this that they fired, they fired the author for similar stunts. Like they said, wow, full, completely. So it's just a shit. full, full-on con, con person. Right. That's hilarious. I love that. Um, you know, I'm here for it. There's not enough good grifts these days, and especially ones that are like relatively harmless. Like, well, that you're just one. Getting a... Yeah, the the first one I think was more harmless. That one was yeah. more actually to like make money off of it, which, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, know. how are they making money? There wasn't even a book. They were trying to, to, like, uh, sell a movie deal or something okay. like that. Man, I want to be on the New York Times bestseller book. Honestly. I should write a thing or two. Yeah, let's just create a <laughs> fake book and put in pre-orders for it and just get on one week of the list. And then we could forever say, book ends with friends, New York Guys, Times best-selling what if, podcast. What if has what if has a really long con, like just a hilarious prank and joke? I like for the next like five years, dedicated a couple hours a day to writing and learning to write, and then wrote like a really good epic fantasy and sent it out for like you know multiple revisions. Just and as edits. a joke. Just as all all ironically, just as a just joke. Just a bit. And then like like everyone's laughing. 
Um, and then they, they send it back to me for further edits. And then I send it back to the publisher and they, they tell me like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is it. This is the good one. And then, you know, just as a joke. Um, and then I like, you know, it, it sells a bunch and gets on the times list and yeah. I get really rich. God, can you imagine their, the egg on their face? The, could you imagine how stupid the New York times would look? Dude, you just get them so good. <sighs> That's I'm a good one. It. I'm doing it. So I was going to close out with a little bit of trivia. So it's really hard in my research to find a compilation of how many we like New York Times doesn't like post a compilation of its longest running books and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. There's no like records. Oh, I'm ready. It's kind of all outside third party stuff. Okay. I already know the answers. Let's do it. The first one. Yeah. Who holds the record for the most books on the bestseller list all time? J.K. Rowling. James Patterson. Mo- uh, Dan. Did I get that right? Oh, most I, books yeah. I would total. say, yeah, I mean, Patterson Dan or Tom Clancy. just nailed it. <laughs> the dude has Time. a million books. I barely finished asking and Dan just like, pew, pew, like knocks it it's out of the It's because Dan's just cramming down some James Patterson every time he gets the chance. <laughs> man, hey, Patty, if you go into a bookstore and they have a James Patterson section, that's the bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what James Patterson did, like what pagan god he sacrificed to, but he has a spell over all 45 to 60 year old men like so hard. <laughs> like they, they are just like firmly in his grip Dude, and man. they will read anything that that guy puts out. He makes bank. All, all from 45 to 60-year-old men who just love that kind of... He, he signed a contract. This is all the way back in, like, 2011, too. He signed a contract to write, like, 12 books in a year or something like that, and he made, like, $150 million off of it. It's, boy. Which also, I feel like he pays so people as a to prank, write books I'm going to start writing. his name on it. <laughs> okay. not, but next question. Don't let Parker keep talking. Um, <laughs> well, on the James Patterson, he... He holds a record with 114 books um, all time, 67 of which are number one bestsellers, which is God. also a record. And he's also the first author to hold number one bestsellers simultaneously on the adult and children's list. Because, again, there's like 50 lists. Yeah, I think I do remember seeing something recently about the fact that he writes children's book. Child, kid, and that, that threw me through a loop. That yeah. that doesn't sit right with me for some reason. Well, apparently he's killing it. So, yeah. Well, like stay in your lane, guy. <laughs> I mean, he. I feel like he's driving a monster truck through every lane. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like people are trying to come out here and like self-publish or get their own books out or spread the word. And James Patterson's literally cramming every bookstore's shelves with used, returned James Patterson books. Hey, Patty is. A hawk, man. He's watching out to to, to destroy any independent authors. <laughs> I know. Leave um, some for please, the rest please of us, don't James. Patty. Um, okay, so the next one. This is kind of a so I was gonna do longest running on the list, but those obviously tend to be series. Yeah. So you know, all the ones at the top of that are just longest running series. Um, so what would you guys say is the longest running? Series on the New York Times bestseller list. See, That's I'm going with my first answer because I'm going my first answer because I thought I had it. I, I think it's Harry Potter. Incorrect. Dang, Harry Potter is, it... is actually in second by uh, one week. 
by Do another one week. series. Oh, let's it's go. Not Twilight, G- is give it? me Twilight. Give me Stephanie Myers. No, so Twilight is actually I looked up Twilight because I want to know what that was cuz I was also like, oh man, Twilight's got to be up there. It has 270 weeks, around 270 I, weeks on the yes. list. Is it Tolkien? Did did, did our boy bring it out? No. Game of Thrones. I don't know. No hey, way! It's no way! It's Song of Fire and Ice. There's no way that outsold Harry Potter. No, he's he's like on the list, um, but he's not. I feel like it has to be one of the like you know the series when we're in high school, like Hunger Games. That's not Maze Runner. I can't. Sure. I can't imagine. That's why I'm really struggling right now. Oh, I will say imagine. Narnia. No, I will say Percy Jackson is up there with yeah, in the six hundred. Like series of unfortunate Rick events. Rick Gordon pumps out books left and right. No, so think. It was made into the series has been made into a bunch of movies. A bunch um, of movies, and they're kind of like B-rate movies. I would say I've Goosebumps. never seen them. Say what? Goosebumps. No. R.L. Stein. No. I, wish. Um, I dang, would put him. Dude, on my I don't list. know. I'm. I'm really. I bet our listeners are screaming right now at at the the the. the, the we should be getting this right. Yeah, I, right. we definitely should. Be. I don't know. It surprised me. Yeah, what um, is I it? think I don't know. maybe it's just because he's written like a million of them. Um, it's 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 a YA series. Dang it! I, I want to get a, it, but I'm. It I, might I not even really... be. It's more of a middle grade. Sorry, I wouldn't even say let it's me YA. Just, it's let, a middle let me grade. just thank Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, by oh, Jared Kelly. No, no, that's okay. That 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 tracks. That tracks. That tracks. It has. I just checked the most updated list for series um just like a few minutes ago um it has 686 weeks on the new york times bestseller list that tracks harry potter is 685 Dang. so it's right behind wow it. sucks Suck to be it, harry JK. Potter. can't make that claim no but yeah so she's got she's got nothing on that wimpy kid money yeah. um so tell me tell me brett how many books are in the diary of a wimpy kid series so I also looked that up after I found out that it was number one. And it kind of makes sense because as of 2021, there are 16 books in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. Oh, wow. That's actually, that's honestly less than I thought. So, wow, good, good on. I get, you know what? I hear you loud and clear. We're reading all 16 next month for next yeah. month's book. Yep, that's it. <laughs> um, we're and we're I did... really stepping into the Diary of a Wimpy Kid verse. That's that's hot. That's now everyone's talking about it. So yeah, it's yeah, current. We're, we're getting in on that action. So I also looked, tried to look up a few from our podcasts on the list. Um, obviously, Percy Jackson is going to take home that. It, I I didn't find how much individually Lightning Thief had, but obviously the series as a whole has been on the list for six hundred weeks. Nice, like six hundred fifty weeks. Um, the Shadow and Bone trilogy, originally the Grisha, Grisha trilogy, um, from what I could find, has been on the list for about 35 weeks. So they did pretty okay. good. And then Crying in H Mart, um, about 30 weeks. So nice. Happy for Michelle's honor. Um, but Sweet. yeah, so that's kind of the last of the trivia that I have. Um, I hope. You all learned something, dude. I feel educated. Podcast. Thank you. My my brain feels bigger and less goopy. <laughs> we need to get Parker to bed. Let's put Parker to sleep. I'm episode. gonna go take some. Watch out for those daggers. Meds and go to bed. I want to get a dagger by our name. We can just put the dagger symbol by our podcast name. We really should. We should. <laughs> Wait, we're we're now New York Times 
um, disputed podcast. <laughs> Bookends with yeah, friends. Yeah, let's just that should be our tagline. Our, our New York Times disputed bestseller. Bookends <laughs> with friends. Um, their podcast list, their best-selling podcasts. Ooh, wait. Um, which, yeah, I should have looked that up. Which is a disputed... I mean, that's disputed in general. That it, it exists. Exist. <laughs> yeah, it, it's disputed whether it exists or not. By us. Um, do you guys want to thank anybody? Oh, thanks Zach and Maddie for some quotes. Yeah. I'd and also then, really love to thank Harry Styles for releasing a new album when I needed it most. Yeah. yeah. It's really it's so blood. good. It's pulling you through the sickness. Thanks, thanks, it's, Harry. It's pulling friend. us all through. It is. Um, th- uh, always, as always, thank you, uh, uh, listeners. You're so great. You're so kind. It's wonderful that you listen and and um, keep sending us in good quotes from the books that you're reading. Um, and we'll put those for our quote of the week. And also uh, send us in thoughts for Percy Jackson. Uh, we'll be going over that next week. Um, thank you, Jacob Robinson. You made the song that plays for the podcast that we have, and it's nice. So thank you. And Maddie Moon, you are my wife, and you did the art, and it's cool, and we like it a lot. Thank you um, both. Thank Dan, you I'm both. worried about him. Um, I mean, I'm just, we got to get him out think, of here at this I wanna point. I want to thank you, too. I want to thank Dan and Brett for doing this. Thanks, um, And I want to thank well, the we Academy. We want to thank you. And... Um, all the people who helped me get where I am today. Um, Never um, forget. (laughs) Never forget. The real books were the friends we made along the way. Thanks, Dan. (laughs) 